What Do You Do? The Delusional Soccer Podcast. What do you do? A soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. usually how it goes maybe yeah. if i didn't do that people would listen to our podcast this is what do you do baby ilta yeah. <laughs> <laughs> production the whole fucking thing listen monday you're morning you're here we're here the Premier league was uh big stocked out this weekend man uh. not great not fun not good action I mean, for some teams it was, but like even the teams that won, kind of there's. Yeah, were you happy with it? Just kind of, kind of <laughs> bored. I was kind of bored this week. It was a, it, it was a. I mean, look, we've been spoiled. We've been spoiled with seven twos, six yeah. ones, a bunch of three so we get, threes. So we get a couple one ones and a nil nil this week, and we're like, we'll fucking burn it down. Yeah. Like, um, like I'll take Aston the Villa. Aston Villa needs- lost, so I mean that's a. That's a talking point for people who care about that. So we Um, let off with Chelsea United. We did. We last, yeah. The thing to look at was can can Chelsea kind of rebound from what they from their showing uh, last last year at Old Trafford, right? It was uh, four nil, (laughs) right? And yeah, and then it was a two nil at the Bridge, I think, right? Mm -hmm. There was a bit of controversy. VAR not doing its job. At the bridge, I remember. Uh, oh, involving Harry Maguire, too? In- involving Manchester United. Weird. Weird how that works. Yeah. Um, I believe Harry Maguire kicked uh, Batshuayi in the groin at some point, too, yeah. and they never looked at it. Just or... a good old-fashioned dick kick. Yeah. Um, Batshuayi with an assist this weekend, though, so. Yeah. At least the team that he plays for scores goals. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, nil-nil. Between United and Chelsea, I texted you during this game that uh, United and Chelsea is the new Arsenal United, which is your least favorite fixture, which, don't worry, you don't have to wait long, because that's next weekend. I'm more excited for that fixture now. I mean, the, the, that, that was always my least favorite fixture, just because it always felt like the teams were below the quality that we all expect them to be at. It should be something bigger, and it's just false false short yeah and it, the the thing with this chelsea the chelsea united game was it wasn't like oh these teams just look poor it was just super cagey and they didn't really they didn't neither team really expressed themselves all that much yeah um it, it it seems like um at least in the arsenal united point like i neither of the teams can claim they showed up here um all that much but it, in arsenal united it, that fixture it always seems like one of them is there and the other just completely falls flat like yeah and it's not really consistent as to which one it is yeah yeah. um and and it just makes for a boring occasion but there were some moments in in this game the chelsea united game um certainly things to talk about yeah i think the biggest incident has to be harry Maguire tackling uh or Literally bear hugging Aspilicueta on a was it a free kick or was it a corner? I believe it was a corner. Okay, 
Yeah, so he's arms completely around him. And it's not like his arms are around him and the ball's not going anywhere near. Like, Harry Maguire is the one that heads it clear. Right. It's a, and he's, yeah. it, It's as much of a penalty as I've ever seen. Yeah, and I mean, corner defending, we always joke even when we're playing. Sometimes we're, when we'd play, I would, you know, wrap my arms around something. Like, oh, Premier League corner defending. Like, it happens and goes. Yeah. But, like, this one was pretty clear. It wasn't like there was four or five different players all wrestling around the box and that just got lost in, in the mix. Uh, I mean, obviously the referee doesn't have the greatest view from where he's at, but we have the benefit of VAR. Uh, and then there was a small incident down at the other end, and they seemed to look at that four or five times. We did get... So we, we got post-match confirmation that VAR did look at it, which I don't know if that makes it worse. Right. So So the point I wanted to make... And it's going to be a little bit of a callback to one of our first episodes on this podcast where you said you don't hate VAR. You do. You hate the rules. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say if you don't hate VAR as much as you think you do, the problem isn't necessarily VAR. Yeah. It's the idiots running it. It really is. But They're like, so bad. Like, yeah. yeah, there's some things that you can fix with VAR, but like this happened with the, the – um, Liverpool game where I was literally looking at the screen and I'm saying, okay, he's onside. I'm looking at it, and they're like, no, he's offside. Yeah. And then you have something like this where Maybe, they but, don't but even he, have. But he's but he's not beyond the defense. No, no, off, no offside, no, offside. <laughs> and then you have this where they don't even have the referee look at it. Yeah. It's because I think that's the thing. It gets too much. It gets too subjective or even too political in a way where it's like they're probably thinking, you know, if he looks at this, he's gonna have to give a penalty. Don't tell him to look at it. Like, yeah. It, uh, and then they went and looked at the the Rashford thing for four minutes. I would have been which done. I didn't. I didn't know what we I were was looking at there. I was ready to text you. Football is broken. The game is yeah. done. If that was to happen, and they gave the penalty at the yeah. other end, like, um, I what did I say during this? I you know with the the way VAR is handled, uh, Diego Costa wouldn't have gotten sent off against Arsenal when he is, like, clawing at Koscielny's face and then gets into a, a scuffle with Gabriel Paulista, which, of course, he then got sent off. And then his red card was rescinded and Costa was given a three-match ban. Like, so, that's all so you, that's when Vieira was coming in, when Vieira yeah. was coming in, it was... Genuinely, I had that match in my, thought, in my, in my brain. Like, mm-hmm. this game at the bridge is in my mind because okay, they're going to turn this around, right? Like, they're, mm. this is going to be fixed. And it's just... And nothing we've seen has made you think, oh, yeah, like, I, yeah. I'm a... Like, There's I, no way I, they would have... They would have they would have sent off Alex Oxley chamber yeah. again. I, yeah, I wouldn't have said no way, but, like, I still, like, look at the, the use of VAR and been like, I'm not 100% sure that they would have <laughs> sent him yeah. off in that situation. Not at all. Um, so, might as well just say it. So, two of my stocks... This week, so we don't have to come back to it. Yeah. Are in this game. Okay. And it's VAR stock down. Yeah. <laughs> um, big down. Big down. And it's like hard to It wasn't that high down. up. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that yeah, high up. It's before. already, but like it keeps happening. Uh, and I feel like there was another incident this weekend. Um, With VAR? Well, I mean, they were talking Liverpool. a lot about the Fabinho, the Fabinho one. Which, um, that one, if it's deemed to be a foul, it's a penalty. He gets the foot before he gets the ball. He doesn't get a lot of the foot and gets a lot of the ball. 
I, I also I, I said myself, to you it was soft, but it was I I think it was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that that's given, and the Maguire one's not though. Like if I we're choosing like I, one of those to be given, right? And I feel like, but I also feel like I saw a, a picture of the challenge being outside of the box. I'm not sure if that was how accurate it, that was. There's, um, I mean, there's who there's did a he couple... tackle? I for, I forget who he brought down, um, but his foot's on the line. Okay. The, the the attacking player's foot's on the line. The line is in right, the box. Right, so it, yeah. So it just could have just been one of the angles that someone found and said, "Oh, this yeah. is outside the box." And yeah. Probably a bias. And it's like it was fucking. It was Mike Dean. Mike Dean didn't want to give the penalty. Mike they don't. Mike Dean doesn't like getting overruled. But he gave the foul. They gave him. The, they gave the penalty. He does his. The, blows the whistle. Does the VAR rectangle, which is still weird. That that's like, hey, by the way, guys, this yeah, is the shape of a TV. Do, yeah, you need um, to do it. And he now. points. He just points at the spot emphatically like Mike Dean does and walks away and just shrugging his shoulders like what, what, I don't know what you want me to do I could didn't want imagine, to give it yeah could you imagine like American sports were like that like they go to the replay and they, the ref just comes out does the square and then does the catch doesn't say anything just yeah. does the catch uh, yeah like. <laughs> like it's just absurd like that's the whole thing remember when uh, this brings us back to the 2010 World Cup where Michael Bradley scores in the second group stage game and it gets called back, and no one knows what it gets called back for, and Americans are pissed. And some guy was like, I think it was a comedian that was talking about it. He was like, no wonder Americans are so fucking mad that that goal got disallowed, because usually we have a guy in white and black stripes that turns on his microphone and announces to the 80,000 people in the stands and the millions watching at home exactly what happened, who committed the foul, and what the consequences are. Yeah. Like but this, we get a whistle, they point for a free kick, and we move on. It's, yeah. And uh, what's your and other like, stock for, for this match? The Chelsea defense. Chelsea defense stock up. So How many times did we say uh, Kepa would not have made that save? At least two or three times. It, the biggest one was the late chance. I think it was Rashford uh, curls it, and Mendy makes a great save to his uh, to his left side. And that's going side netting. And yeah. I don't know if it was stoppage time or very close to it. but Right. Um, yeah, they looked a little bit... Uh, Thiago Silva's getting a little bit more comfortable. Um, yeah, he had a big... He had a, he had a really nice game, a big uh, block at the ends. Uh, some of it sort of last-ditch stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. that's that's what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to be in a team, like, if your defense... The, the goalkeeper is supposed to cover for the defense if... Uh, you know, if something like that happens towards the end, you know, like if the defense lapses for a second, the, the goalie is there as cover. Whereas it always felt like the conversation around Keppa was, no, 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 he's yes, he's he's bad, but we should look at the defense too. Like it's because the defense has been so poor. But then I mean, there's like Frank Lampard came out in a press conference with stats and was talking about how Chelsea are conceding a lot. But Chelsea have conceded quite a bit, but they're giving up a, a less shots. Yeah, that's big. So I mean, like, so the defense is doing its job. You're giving up less shots, but still giving up a lot of these goals. Obviously, there was an issue with the goalkeeper. Um, but you think about it, like, say if Chelsea, it's it, it's so important to see what like Silva is bringing to that back line. Um, he's going to be better for Zuma. Who you know we saw Zuma is a a strong defender when he's you know fully you know 
thinking straight. Like, there's the, obviously, like, he's not going to make that back pass that he did against Southampton if Silva's telling him to not, you know, like, if he's in his head. Like, he's going to have a little bit more command because Zuma can be a strong, powerful defender. He's not necessarily the smartest defender, or, you know, he still has that to, to work out with this game, and Silva helps with that. But then you look at, like, if Mendy had been fit all season, uh, that Southampton goal doesn't happen. Yeah. Even the one with Zuma. Um, there are obviously other mistakes, but like, so so you can you, so Chelsea probably get the three points from that game, and then there was the the West Brom game. Maybe maybe that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah, that was bad. So now yeah. we're looking at Chelsea maybe being potentially level on points with the top of the table or like up in there. I mean, they're still sort of in the mix, but like it's huge how like the things that they've. The points they've dropped because of yeah, it, it leaves them sitting down in ninth right now. I know, like it, at this point in the season, is not a time to really look at the table um, right. as far as positions. It's better to you know, I guess pay pay closer attention to the points tally than. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't look. I mean, we're almost at the point where I feel like after ten games, I look at the table. The table will start to shape up. It's, it's still around looking 15, pretty weird. Yeah, around yeah. fifteen, it starts to solidify itself, but. Um, you know, even like a team like Leicester City were in the top four all last season until the very end. So, right, so things um, can definitely change, but things can, like we're not going to finish with the top four we currently have: Everton, Liverpool, Villa, and Leicester. That's not going to be the top four. That's not a hot take for me. That those well, teams, Leeds will be in there, obviously. Um, if if uh, Hatrick Bamford can continue to score some goals, poor Emmy Martinez. Never like to see uh, goals goals go past an Arsenal legend, but that's how it happens. Um, you deserve this, by the way. Yeah, I know. You were texting me about Timo Courtois. I did deserve it. A couple days prior, being like the, the Chelsea Courtois keeper union. Yeah. So he gave him three goals in the Champions League. Not really his fault. No. But yeah, I'm, not. But there it fits was not my one, narrative. Yeah, not yeah, one. It fits my narrative. No, Abby Martin has given him three goals. So, what are your thoughts? Because um, I, I mentioned this to you that, you know, the Chelsea front three, you know, they brought in attacking players like Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech, um, already having Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, um, Olivier Giroud, who is probably not going to get much of a shout this season if everyone's healthy. But um, what are your thoughts on, you know, trying to get these guys to really attack well together, really kind of form a, a good attacking unit. And I, the, the point I made to you that it's really tough for that to happen when you start with a front three of Werner, Pulisic, and Havertz, and the game finishes with a front three of Abraham, Ziyech, and Mount. It's not easy to gel together when You're you have three both, separate yeah. front threes. It's Because, you know, 71st minute, 72nd minute are the first two changes where uh, – Abraham and Mount come on. I think they came on at the same stoppage. It just happened to be right. The cl- okay. So that's that's why it's given me that on the yeah. uh, official PL website. But um, Pulisic came on, or it came off ten minutes later for for Ziak. And so you're you're telling me you're giving me nine minutes plus stoppage time for a front three to really try to gel together and and get a goal at Old Trafford. It just doesn't. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't really seem to make an impact. Uh, what did you now, like the shape? You went with two in midfield. You went with the back three. Would would you have been better suited to go with? 
a back four bringing in Kovacic into the midfield or playing one of those attacking guys as a central midfielder? Yeah, I mean, I think, so back three, I, I wasn't surprised by it. I, I would have liked to see the back four instead. Just because, like, I we'd seen it against Sevilla. We got a clean sheet with the same back four. You know, uh, I would like to see maybe that happen again, see if we can get some uh, continuity there. But, I mean, based on what had happened with Chelsea United last season at Old Trafford, and then even back at the bridge, um, I think Lampard was wary of that. They, they kind of, like, because we had, last year, you look at the stats, Chelsea won the shots 18-10 to 10 mm-hmm. at Old Trafford, lost 4-0. So, so like, they wanted to make sure that they, and I think it's important now to get that defense some momentum, some solidity, and now I think is the time to start, okay, let's figure out the balance. Because past two games in the Champions League and in the Premier League were about the defense, making sure we get a clean sheet, and now it's, because we know how good those attackers can be. We've seen it. They scored three against West Brom. They scored three against Southampton. We didn't win. Three against Brighton, you know what I mean? Like, these guys are gonna score. It's just about finding the right balance and figuring out the defense first because that was the biggest issue last year. Um, I think they're gonna gel. I mean, obviously, Ziyech is still coming back from uh, for full fitness. Yeah, I think he's going to be in that starting eleven pretty soon. So I think we're gonna see more consistency. Yeah, I don't know if if like what you're saying. I don't know if switching it up like that is the right was the right move. I do think Kovacic coming in is going to be important. Uh, there's a lot of talk of who he would come in for. Um, because right now, so, so there's a lot of conversation in Chelsea circles about Conte. I think he's been excellent with intercepting the ball. A lot of people think the same thing. He's been great defensively. His ball progression is kind of lacking. He kind of takes zip out of their own attacks or kills their own attacks with a bad pass or a back pass. He's not as good in the final third. Um, and that kind of, I mean, that just speaks to what Chelsea is right now, the past couple games, which is really good in defense, but lacking it in attack. Uh, Conte, good in defense, but lacks it in attack. So there's talk about maybe putting in, you know, doing the Jorginho Kovacic pivot that, uh, um, you know, Kovacic is, is really good at, at progressing the ball. Not as good defensively, so you'd have to wonder what the defensive setup might be. I think even maybe try a Conte Kovacic, although I do like what I've been seeing from Jorginho passing the ball. Someone cutting down trees over there? Yeah, we got a... <laughs> I don't even know. What, like, um, Just banging things against the building to make noise for no reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like Jorginho's... Like, Long balls over the top. I think he's made some. Love Jorginho's nice long balls. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you took a pause there. I'm just saying. Yeah. You set yourself uh, up there. Um. But not not necessarily the biggest fan of what he brings in midfield in terms of energy and something. You know, he's just not the fastest player. Yeah. Sometimes when when he, you go with a midfield he, two, it seems like you're lacking something when the two is Jorginho and Kante. When it's yeah. When Kovacic is replacing one of those guys, I think it's more of a of a balance. But you kept a clean sheet at Old Trafford. One of your stock ups was the defense, and if you didn't have two guys in the midfield that were like that, that are you know 
you have a deep line playmaker who is still going to be good at, you know, interceptions and whatnot, but Conte is really that guy that's there to win the ball in the midfield. If you have someone who's attacking a little bit more freely and you're leaving more space in the midfield, it might not have turned out um, the same way. So, there, yeah. there, you can have the, the debate in your mind of what would have been better, but we'll see next time out what, what they go with and how they kind of improve on their attacking um, ability because they have the ability in that team. It's just getting it to yeah, it's finding the right balance. together. Yeah. Um, Man City won, West Ham won. De Bruyne was back on the bench. Um, but West Ham Messi, Mikel Antonio with another goal, another great goal um, in the 18th minute gives them the lead. It's Phil Foden. Phil Foden came on at halftime for Aguero. So they I think they moved Sterling into a false nine um, spot with Foden taking that taking his place on the left and Foden scores six minutes into his appearance to, to get the equalizer. De Bruyne brought off the bench in the sixty eighth minute, returning from his injury, um, coming on for Bernardo Silva. And just they miss him on the pitch, but he wasn't able to to really create the chances they need. Yeah, but they'll, they'll be hoping that he, you know, stays stays healthy and they can keep him in the side because they're lacking they're missing him right now. 8 points through 5 matches for City so far. It's just yeah. they, their next one, match is Sheffield next weekend on on Halloween. Um, which okay. Yeah, so Sheffield. Sheffield still without a win, only one point on the season. But they had a lead at Anfield. I don't think that Sheffield are going to trouble City. Um, I, don't, I, I think City will take the three points in that game next weekend. But um, not not the start. Two wins, two draws, two and one loss in in the five games for City so far. Remember, they still have the game in hand from not playing the first match week. But they sit down in thirteenth, even with the game in hand. Uh, Aston Villa are in third, so. You know, it's it's possible for them to be much higher. Just not, just not really, in a, as exciting of a team, I guess, as we expected them to be this season. The departure of you know Leroy Sané didn't play much of a, a role last season anyway because of uh, injuries. They brought in Ferran Torres from Valencia. He didn't get in off the bench. Instead, they decided to bring on Zinchenko for Kyle Walker late. Um, I'm not sure if there's an injury there, but like, it they just don't have you know the they're missing David Silva. It yeah. d- didn't matter how old he was when he was there; he was a great attacking player. In and that especially midfield. yeah, especially with De Bruyne out, you would yeah. like to have that. Now they're just missing Silva and De Bruyne. Yeah, like Fernandinho, he's dealing with some injuries right now, um, and he just hasn't been playing midfield. But like when Fernandinho was the back to their title winning seasons when Fernandinho was in that midfield he was a solid player there Rodrigo is the replacement and he's just a lightweight he's just not he's not really doing he's not replacing what Fernandinho Fernandinho brought to the team in his prime Um, and a big reason why City weren't all that great last season I know they've had injuries and defensive problems but you know they spent their money on Ruben Diaz they spent you know they, they have Eric Garcia they you know John Stone still exists. Um, of course, Garcia was wanted by Barcelona on deadline day. They didn't get that deal done. 
But like, it, I, I'm just, I know that we both picked them. I think to win the title, right? Or, yeah. Or like our top fourteen were all the same in the same order somehow. But I'm just looking at this team. I'm, I'm, really struggling to see where they're really going to start to put it on teams and really, really trouble their opposition. Um, De Bruyne being fit is going to be a huge step in the right direction, but that's not going to solve all of their problems. Yeah, and I, I, they just seem to ra- like lack the, the ruthlessness that we we saw from them a couple years ago. As do, like, even Liverpool. They, Liverpool got a win, and I'm still like, eh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the thing—that's the thing, though. Like Liverpool are obviously they have some injury issues, and they go down, but they come back and they get the win. So it's similar; they get the points in a, in a tough game. City don't, and I think it, what's weird with the City thing is, like, yeah, if they get their if they win their game in hand, they're right outside the top four. They're eleven yeah. points. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about them in in the sense of a tough yeah. one, but but I guess the way we're it's. It's weird how we're analyzing a season based on the last few seasons we've had where it's been uh, two or three years ago, it was City run away with the title. Then it was City and Liverpool are neck and neck and no one else is close. And then last year it was Liverpool is way ahead. So we've had a two horse race or just the one horse races that we've been going with. So Right. right now we're just not having a team saying, we've got this. We're just... Should we just sit back it's and enjoy it? It's competitive. Yeah, I it guess is. that's the thing. Like, we could yeah. be disappointed in these teams for not being dominant, but we have yeah. a good competition. Like, like I said, that I mentioned that top four leads sitting right outside of it. Southampton beat Everton. Southampton are on ten points through six. Like, yeah. they're in sixth place. Palace are on ten points. Wolves are on ten points. Meanwhile, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, who play later today. That like, it's just. The quality in the lower half of the table right now is, it's just weird to see all of these In the table, yeah, the table's also just very, very top-heavy. So it goes up until 15th. Four of the big six are in the bottom half, and Chelsea is fifth of the big six. That is enough. Right, and you look, but like, look at the table. You look at the table, go down to say, so United. United is Mm -hmm. in seventh. So it's like 13, 13, 12 points, 10 points up. Nine points, eight points, seven points, and then it's sixteenth through twentieth. What four, two, one, yeah. one, one. Sixteenth through twentieth is hey, that's going to be the relegation scrap. Yeah, it's very 15th, first through fifteenth. They could fucking finish anywhere. Newcastle, yeah, they're in fourteenth right now, but they could win the title. Who knows? That's your team. That's your team this year. Uh, yeah, but I think so. Like the thing with City, like I said, like they could be up higher. You know, the game in hand certainly changes perspective on things, but like. The, the performances that they put in and the games that they've dropped points in. So, like, they've beaten Wolves, they've beaten Arsenal. And a draw against Leeds, a draw against West Ham, getting destroyed by Leicester. Like, that's that's weird. That's, like, a weird set of results, yeah. which I kind of feel like diminishes what I've seen, like, diminishes their... how I view them this season so far. Because they're, they're one point behind... Chelsea, they're one point behind Arsenal. Uh, you know, like it's just weird how these games and how we how we view 
the seasons so far, just even just based on like you said, our expectations from the last couple of seasons, uh, and just some of the, and how some of these results went in, you know, like Tottenham's another weird one because you know Tottenham have had a pretty good season, but they probably have the worst collapse out of anyone so far. Yeah, they um, they need to have a good showing today against Burnley, um, which. Burnley bad, so might might work out for him. Yeah, Burnley is one of those one pointers, right? Yeah. Burnley so. Burnley drew with West Brom nil nil last week. So, hey, draws with West Brom. That is the aren't for everyone, man. Listen, I'll I'll take the Chelsea United nil nil draw over Burnley West Brom nil nil. Yeah. A hundred <sighs> times out of fifty. Awful. I'm falling asleep talking about it. Yeah. Um, Let's, uh, let's hop to Arsenal Leicester, but first let's take a, uh, a quick ad break. Enjoying Footy You Do? If you're a fan of Zach and Jared's, you're going to love another Iltoe production, Banana Land. Each week we'll talk about socially dystopian topics that are sure to get you talking. Topics like the Mandela Effect, what your tombstone will say, or even the origins of mankind. There's something for everyone. Sounds interesting, right? Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and stream wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you enjoy forms of entertainment that usually take 90 to 120 minutes to complete? Do you expect that time frame to include moments of sheer drama, utter heartbreak, or end-to-end action? No, we're not talking about the 2017 FA Cup Final. We're talking about the movies. On Cue the Banter, Jared and I talk about our favorite movies and try to get each other to watch those movies. And we try to convince you to watch those movies as well. Add them to your queue and let the banter ensue. Cue the Banter, an Ilto 8 podcast. Welcome back. That's our ad break. Our ad break lasted, in real life, half a second. Um, how long did it last for you? I don't know. But those are some of our other podcasts. Banana Land. Cue the banter. Oh, is it two ads? You did two, two ads? I, I do two. We throw two in there, buddy. We gotta oh. give everyone representation. Um, Arsenal Lester. I have a couple of thoughts. Yeah, I'll let you go on this Controversial. one. Controversial. Um, um, smash and grab, really, for, for Lester. Um, Arsenal much better in the first half. The Lacazette scores in the fourth minute. Offside. Uh, it, it was, was what? Ruled, someone was It was ruled that Xhaka was blocking uh Kasper Schmeichel. I'll say that if Leicester scored this goal and it was disallowed, I would probably feel justified. And the fact that it was the right. other way around, just, I feel, it feels a little hard done. But yeah, it they should be able to find the back of the net in the rest of the 86 minutes they had. Good to see you reacting this way. I feel like you wouldn't have reacted this way a couple of years ago. Uh, fuck it all. Bro- burn it down. Um, yeah. <laughs> Arsenal lack. This is not... This is not a hot take by any means, but Arsenal lack creativity and... Are you saying that they could use Mesut Ozil? They could use Mesut Ozil. I... At least against Leicester. Like, you don't have to play him against anyone else. Just, just play him because against of based that on, performance based on what a couple I've years seen, ago. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, and you guys, notoriously good against Leicester. Yeah. This is like, the first time Leicester has won away at yeah, Arsenal since, even, like, the 70s. Like what? When they won the league, how many losses did they have? They two had of them three were, losses, both two to, uh, two, two to Arsenal. Yep, they lost home. Right. So five no two, how, and then the you, two one. 
It's all, yeah, it's almost like in the league, kind of like a little bit like how we're talking about how City are. City struggle. They always seem to beat Arsenal, mm-hmm. which they've done so far this season. Yeah. Uh, not in the FA Cup, though. Not in the FA Cup, though. Uh, Arsenal, str- no matter how, how good Arsenal are playing, they normally seem to uh, beat Leicester. Yeah. Uh, they so. they were up 1-0, so it, during the restart, they were up 1-0 against Leicester, and then Eddie and Ketia came on about four seconds later, was sent off, and Vardy scored an equalizer there. Um, but Vardy came off the bench. Um, I don't know if you saw the Men in Blazers post, but he they snapped a picture of his uh, shin pads as he was getting ready to come on, and of course they say fucking chat shit get banged. Oh um, and then he scores a goal. Um, David Talk Luiz it. came off injured in the 49th minute and Arsenal lost creativity. That's a center back. Mustafi not There's did, no better center back at passing the ball than David Luiz. Yeah, Mustafi uh, came on for him and very, not at <laughs> fault for the goal, but was, yeah, was running backwards. Running backwards. The, <laughs> no, uh, he was very suspect in, in conceding this goal. Didn't stay with his man and it's just Look, an excellent an excellent ball over the top by Yuri Tielemans. Um kind of caught both of them out. Yeah. Uh him and uh Gabriel were were chasing him and, and, and a great pass from under across mm-hmm. and and Vardy's always gonna score that. Uh, and it, it just just a really, really boring performance. Aubameyang five games without a goal now, um since signing the contract. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to drop him from my FPL team? Please do. I, I think that's probably, like, people always say contract, it's the contract. Oh, he, he hasn't done it well since he signed his contract. I don't, I think it might just be because he's yeah. on my FPL side and I've tried to captain him plenty of times. They play at Old Trafford on uh, on Sunday. He scored at Old Trafford last year. It's just so, he was the hottest player coming into the season this year. Yeah. I mean,. This, like off, the, off the tail end of last year. Brace, with the brace in Cup. the semifinal, brace in the final. Then he scores a fantastic goal in the Community Shield against Liverpool, which they end up winning on penalties. He scores the winning penalty. Right. And uh, it, he's just falling Arsenal, flat. Yeah, Arsenal are, are, are putting in requests uh, to, to move to Wembley. I, that's, I mean, that's the only thing they can do right now. I'll take if they it. Want, they want to get him back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We just need a Wembley appearance to get him back in his groove. But listen, uh, good work from Brendan Rodgers. Set up his team in a way that they were going to, you know, stay in it regardless of, you know, even if Arsenal's goal in the fourth minute wasn't disallowed, Leicester weren't going to, you know, be blown away in this game. And they held, yeah, he they knew held he had Vardy off the bench. And. It, it worked to perfection, and, you know, they, they deserve the win. Arsenal deserve the loss. I So, it's, first of all, far too early to start questioning Arteta as a manager entirely, especially with the FA Cup win at the end of last season. We're only six games into the new season. But he's got to start making different decisions, and he's got to set up this team to attack much better because okay you could say that we're more short at the back but when we can't score a goal when the team can't take friggin shots they're not there's no way for them to win there's no way because they're still 
you're still playing with David Luiz or Skadra Mustafi in defense. And, you know, all the credit to um, bringing in Gabriel. He looks like a, a real force in the defense for Arsenal. Um, it, certainly he's had a, a very good start, but um, they they need... They need something in an attacking sense, and that's why that that's why people kind of complained when um, Arsenal were only going to get one midfield signing, and it's why there was complaints that it was going to be Thomas Partey and not Hussein Awar from um, Lyon because yeah. Awar is a, a more attacking player. Now Partey is going to be very good in this midfield, but the way that we're playing, he kind of makes it, we we they went with a, a four three three, finally played a back four. But it was Shaka, Partey, and Ceballos. Ceballos has played a lot. It played more of a deep role with Arsenal, maybe more than expected, um, when he first signed on loan last season. But with him playing that role, that with Partey coming into the midfield, his role hasn't changed, and it seems like you're making Granite Shaka a little bit redundant, which isn't the worst thing in the world. If Shaka is out of the team, but who's that other creating force that we're bringing in? Like. Right, you almost Al Aubameyang needs to start at center forward. He's playing. At, he played on the right hand side, so he's been okay on the left. The, he gets goals on the left. Um, obviously, he's going through a little bit of a rough patch, so it's tough to say that. But never works out on the right. Do not start him on the. That's so two straight Premier League matches where you one you have William at center forward, and the next you have Aubameyang on the right hand side. That's that's where, yeah. I it's, mean, it have, it didn't work. Move on from it. And so that's what yeah, that was. That was an interesting choice, just because Willian, he can play centrally more as like a number ten, uh, but he's more of a wide player. Aubameyang has done well out wide, um, but he he is a center forward. So the fact that they decided to do that, that setup, I, I, I think maybe even if it's just to get him firing again, it's not like it's not like there's a center forward on Arsenal right now who's just like, it's not like Lacazette is playing so well, it's no. like you have to keep him in the team. And nor is Nketiah, so, and nor should right. we think about playing so, William at center forward again. No, try, put Aubameyang up there, maybe get him in the goals again just to get his form back, even if you're going to then move him out wide again. But you have you brought Willian in. You have another winger, so play him and Pepe out wide, or in Ketia, or uh, you know, like play those wide players, and then play Aubameyang up top. Uh, but it, it is interesting the Ceballos point you make. I wonder if maybe that's like the thought process. I totally get why Ozil is not in the team if Arteta's plan is to play him deep like he's playing Ceballos. But like to your point. So should Ceballos still be playing this deep now that you have Partey? Should Ceballos maybe be playing a little bit further forward? Could Ozil come in and be that second creative midfielder or be yeah. the creative midfielder where you play maybe El Neni or Chaka or Partey? Any of the two of those three, have them be the deeper lying midfielders. One can be more box to box oriented, and then you have Ozil or Ceballos being the the number ten. You know, if you this bring team, in a defensive-minded midfielder, that frees you up to be able to play somewhat, a creative player in that number 10. A lot of teams aren't can't set up with a number 10 just because they're not defensively set up to do that. It's like one of the problems that I see sort of with Chelsea. Like, I love seeing Havertz in the number 10. That's where he's best. 
but sometimes it just doesn't work because Chelsea don't have that solid midfield that they've figured out yet. So, like, that kind of takes away from that. It's just interesting to that Ozil, especially after watching, when I watched the highlights from that that classic performance of his against, against Leicester. Leicester. It's yeah. like they the, could have used him. I've seen him be a liability at times. Uh, this team, but. This team needs reinforcements in, in January, which it's weird that the uh, the summer, quote-unquote, summer transfer window closed like four minutes ago, and we're just under yeah. two months away. The The January window is staying the January window. Um, if it, there, There's no chance at finishing in the Champions League spots if, if they don't either bring in reinforcements or change the way they're playing. It, something something big has to change. Um, yeah, and it's either tactics or it, it's either you have to use the players you have differently, or you like someone needs to be used in a more attacking sense. I'm fine trying Nicola Pepe as a as a number ten, even if you start still keep Lacazette as the center forward and Aubameyang out wide and Saka out wide. But like what it. You've got to find creativity. The team, it's not just lacking creativity in one or two matches. They've lacked creativity in every match they've played except for the game against Fulham. And that's just, it's just disappointing. It's boring right, actually, to watch. You show, you it's not up. boring to watch and we park the bus and we win 1-0. It's boring to watch and you fucking lose 1-0 back-to-back weeks. And it's just, there's a lot yeah. left, um, a lot to be desired from, from this squad. Um, do you want to get to the to your other stocks before we uh, head on out of here? Yeah, yeah. So stock up uh, leads. Okay, Leeds United, especially specifically Patrick Bamford. Uh, you know, an excellent hat trick. Hat trick Bamford, Jared. Come on, hat trick Bamford. Stock up leads. Patrick Bamford. Uh, they they're playing some great football. Uh, Piazza has been exciting to watch. I think you've always been super excited for him to come into the Premier League. Yeah, and he's not. He hasn't disappointed yet. No, because so. they they had a couple of good runs at promotion, and I think the work that this team puts in gets to the players late in the season, and that's why it yeah, took well, them a little bit longer than expected mm-hmm. to actually come up. And, we'll see and how that transforms that, yeah. in, in a Premier League season. Yeah, uh, but but Bamford just the nature of some of his goals. You know, I was watching the highlights, and like one of my instincts was, you know, we've had Villa, Villa have been so good this season, haven't lost. My instinct was, oh, they lost three nil leads, definitely stocked down, right? I watched the game. There's a couple chances for Bamford where he doesn't score, but Villa seemed to be at least early on seemed to be the better team. They didn't have that many clear cut chances, but they were kind of felt like they were in control and possession and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then you get that, that goal for Leeds in the second half. And then the, and then there's just two quality finishes from Bamford. Um, that third goal is overall just playing from the back and just how calm he is. Three guys around him and he just hits it with his left foot side netting. Uh, you know, there's Bamford again, there's always going to be talk when a player who used to be in Chelsea set up, starts to do really good. And there's a lot of people like, oh, Bamford. Should we, like, have kept Bamford? It's like, it's kind of the Biesla effect. Yeah. This is the guy who, like, I forget how, I think, I believe he coached Batshuayi at Marseille 
and Batshuayi got a bunch of goals, and it made Chelsea buy him, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, that didn't work out. So, like, obviously, there's some of that involved. But Leeds overall, I mean, they're they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Like you said, they might fade out. They're certainly not going to go down. They're going to be one of those teams that gets their, their 40 points or give or take, you know, yeah. early on and then maybe fade out a little bit. Yeah, they might fade away from, you know, Europa League spots and type like type of things like that. But but I don't think they're going to be in trouble. So Leeds no. stock up. Now, stock down. Leeds. Teams are blowing some leads. Let them oh, blow. oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Teams are blowing some leads here. Yeah. Um, it was really only Sheffield this week. You know, I tried to look, look back at the things. And I didn't want to like count one-one draws as as blown leads, but there was a lot of there's a lot of been a lot of moments. Are. They are technically, but like, but there's been weird. Like, United was up one 0 against Tottenham. Yeah. Six one. Yeah. You know, you have West Brom. 3-0 up on Chelsea. 3-3. Three, three. Scoring first is just outdated. Yeah. Um, it's not a necessity anymore. Uh, Man City. They scored first against Leicester. 5-2. You know, you have the Tottenham game against West Ham. 3-0. There's just... It's been sort of chaotic. This was, as you said, as we pointed out, this was more of a boring uh, week. But just overall, like, this has just been a chaotic season, and we're going to see now, because now it's the table lead that we're going to look at. Everton, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I mean, now it's, it's so tight. There's not really a big lead anymore now that Everton lost and Liverpool uh, gained some ground on them. But it's going to be interesting to see, just because how top-heavy the table is right now, who's going to fall and drop off. Uh, but no lead is safe in, in the Premier League this season. It's... Uh, and there's just, I looked at the schedule. It's just crazy how much they're playing. Yeah, and, you know, this is a sport where we talk about things from game to game and how the narrative changes, and especially with like our stock up, stock down thing. The the outlook just changes, can change week to week so quickly. Yeah, uh, they're playing every three game, every three days. Yeah. You know, especially teams who are in Europe. Uh, you know, with the cups still going on, also, it's just like. There's so much. It's, just, it's hectic. Football. It's just yeah. hectic. Like so, this is just gonna happen. It's not gonna like yeah. teams. It's, it's gonna be kind of wild. Or you know, we might you know teams might be wary of that, and we might get hopefully not more of those KG one ones nil nils. But that was my bit for for stock up, stock down, That's leads up, bit. leads down, leads up, leads down, baby. Um, something to look for for next week. Um, there's a couple different ways I can go with this. I'm going to spin it on a more positive note so I don't depress myself. And um, when Aubameyang doesn't score this upcoming week, then we'll look forward to the next week saying, can he get back off the mark or do Arsenal really have a problem? I'm going to mm. save that one. Mm. Can Wilf Zaha keep it going? Last season, four goals in 38 appearances. This season, five goals in six Premier League appearances. And they've got a matchup against Wolves coming up. Now, those b- both of those teams, are are they both on 10 points? I said that earlier, right? Um, yeah, both uh, so. six matches played, 10 points. Um, can Wolf Saha keep it going? I think that's going to be an exciting game. It's a Friday night football, so I hate it. Of course. 
Um, what big, was the? There was a Friday. Night. Oh, it was what Leeds Villa was Friday night this yeah this time around, right? Um, yeah. So uh, this week it'll be an hour later because the UK has already done daylight savings. They did it this past weekend, and we don't do it until next weekend. Mm. Um, but that's it. Will Zaha, yeah. can he continue his great form um, for for Crystal Palace, for the Eagles? And he, he did pick up. I mean, he's not. I think he. there's nothing about him being injured. He, he could have. I know he was hurt a little bit after that goal he scored. Yeah. He's, um, I, I, I saw I someone on Twitter. It's the same energy. It's Will Zaha holding his knee after that, and Peter Griffin holding his knee out on the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, see, because um, I remember, like, the start of the season, like, he scored a goal in the first game, and it was, like, Will Saha doing what he does. And I was like, did you watch last season? Did, were you around guy, last season? The guy barely scored. The guy yeah. scored at the end of the season because Keppa was in goal. Yeah. Uh, Everyone scores when Keppa plays. Yeah, he scored that banger. Where it was, like, it was like the textbook Keppa thing where it was, like, that's a nice goal, but, like, can Keppa gives that? away goals like fucking Oprah. Just, like, <laughs> the worst. So you're lucky you have Mendy. Um, yeah, there was like a weird stat about like not all like Mendy. Last time Keppa had four saves in a game was like in the cup against Liverpool, and then also like last time he had saves where he dove. It was like <laughs> it has been a while. Like he just like like diving saves. Like Mendy clearly brings that because he's six inches taller than him, I think, or yeah. something like that. Awesome. Quick, uh, quick run through the schedule. So it's Wolves, Palace, Sheffield, and Man City, Burnley and Chelsea, Liverpool and West Ham, Aston Villa, Southampton, Newcastle, Everton, United, Arsenal, Spurs, Brighton, and then all the way to Monday, Fulham, West, Fulham, West Brom, relegation six pointer, and Leeds, Leicester, Champions League, on the line in that one. Will Leeds have a lead and blow their lead? Mm. Leeds Leicester. It's a fun game. Fun game. Fun, fun stuff. Twitter, Instagram, follow us. What do you do? Built Away Podcast. Wherever you listen, if it's Apple, if it's Spotify, whatever it is. Follow, subscribe, rate. Can you rate them on Spotify? I don't think so. You can just hit that follow button. It'll show up in your feed. You do the good thing. If you're they on Apple. notifications you can turn on. That they do. I did see that. You can do that. Apple, throw us that five-star review. Do the thing. Listen. We're just, trying to, we're just trying to do our thing, make a podcast, have people listen to us, and you can help. Jared, as always, pardon our French. Pardon our French.